Okay, everybody, hang on. Here we go. Hang on, Mike. Hello. Good morning, Andy. It's time for you to start your radio show. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. a song from Stephen Longfellow Fisk, a friend of mine. Uh, I'll play it all the way to the beginning at, at, from beginning to end at the end of the show. It's called How Do You Want Your World from StephenLongfellowFisk.com. He has a whole bunch of other stuff. He says, go ahead and play his stuff. So I'll be playing lots more of his things. You'll, you'll hear. Uh, so today, where's my little list of things that's going on? So there's a whole bunch of stuff always going on over here. I have Garrett White from Beyond Pesticides. They also publish uh, pesticides in you. I think it started way back in 1997. And he'll be on in a little bit. We can talk about what's going on with him. Uh, and if you don't know what's who I am, I'm Andy Lopez, better known as the Invisible Gardener. I mean, if you don't know who I am, you're listening to this station. I I guess it's just, you know, uh, what do you do, roam on the dial? <laughs> if, you're, if that happens, let me know. I'd like to hear from where you're at because the, the lady who won the last contest was from uh, somewhere in New York. Now I forgot the name of it already. Uh, maybe the engineer remembers, but she uh, she she was listening to the show. So I kind of like to hear where people are listening in from. But I'm known as the Invisible Gardener. I started in well, my, I got the name in 1970, but in uh, I didn't start doing. Uh, uh, I started my gardening actually in the sixth grade, and so I went to the service. And you know when I got out in 1970. You have to do something, and I'm really good at this, so I just started off. I actually started at a church. I'm actually an ordained minister, so I started a church. It was a religious, charitable, and educational organization, so it was a nonprofit organization. But uh, So the, the church basically operated the uh, the charitable organization, who basically means you give, you know, you give. And the educational organization is how I started the Invisible Gardener, because the Invisible Gardener teaches people how to work with the earth without using all the fun chemicals. And I think I started listening, reading uh, Pesticides in You long time, long time now. Because <laughs> I, I was trying to think about when, because I have a stack of the of the, of the, of the newsletters that they have, uh, because I've also, um, you know, 
Listen, I also read, I've been reading, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I started just attracted to uh, Rodeo and all the other folks who are doing everything from the nitride industry folks to the arboriculture folks to the agri-grove folks. These guys have been around a long time. Acres USA. Hey, uh, hey, Mike, you there? Wake up. <laughs> hey, Mike. I don't hear him, man. I think he lo we lost him. Mike? Oh, no, Garrett? Yeah, hey. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was calling you Mike, man. I was going to say, uh, I can be Mike. I haven't had any coffee today yet. Well, actually, I have to cut back. That's one of the things I want to talk to you about, but I'm all over the place. So first of all, I wanted to say, you know who Acres USA is, right? No, I don't. You don't know Acres USA? And you're into, you're, uh, I mean, how long have you been with the uh, pesticides, I mean, uh, Beyond Pesticides? Only a year now. I think I've seen uh, the magazine come in, but I haven't read it much for as long as you have. You've been, you've been involved with them for a year? That's right. I'm no seasoned veteran at this point. Well, you're going to have there's a lot kind of, you know, there's a lot that you're going to have to catch up on, you know, because I was saying the Acres USA folks, when I started in business in 1970, they were already a publication. That's the first thing I think I picked up somewhere along in the 70s. Uh, Acres USA. As a matter of fact, they published my first book, um, How to Heal the Earth in Your Spare Time. But it's all about farmers who are not using pesticides, who do the earth, who do the, the everything. I mean, these are big time farmers. And they and and, uh, and if you're not reading the magazine, because I, I I think about it, I don't think, I think that's actually, well, you know, you'll probably be wasting your money in advertising in Acres USA because everybody's on board already. You know what I'm saying, right? Right? I think I remember I remember seeing an article in Acres USA. It was just about raising sheep. Um, right. Because I come I, before moving to DC, I came from Vermont, so I'm definitely used to seeing either um, cows or sheep, um, just like with farms on roaming over the land, if you will. Looks very much, uh, very much like Ireland if you've ever been to Ireland. Uh, no, I, I can't say as I have, but I have been to Vermont. There you go. I've been to uh, Pudney, Pudney, Vermont. Is that right? Did I did I say it right? Pudney, Vermont, Pudney. <laughs> I've never I've never heard it described that way, but I think it's a new way of of describing Vermont. I think we're up for no, no, no. There's a little there's a little city along the coast. It's called Pudney, I think it is. P U T N E Y. Oh, I've never been there. Uh, it's been a long time, so I may be pronouncing and spelling it wrong. Uh, was, this just, a city that, was this a city that came to you in a dream, Andy, or is this a it's an actual city in Vermont. It's an actual city in Vermont that I used to, when I lived up in, I was staying in northern uh, New York, state near, you know, New, up in northern New York, and I was went with a person uh, who traveled along the coast up to Putney, P-U-T-N-E-Y. I swear it's Putney, man. It's Putney, Putney, Putney. Vermont, it's a beautiful state, uh, a nice state, beautiful little city. All I remember is very forested, forest, you know, lots of forests, and, uh, rivers flowing through it. And I can only go there during extreme warm weather. <laughs> I just got to wear uh, warm socks, wear, you know, 17 layers. That's how, that's how you do it in Vermont. Listen, I, I came up with a name for your organization because it's called Protecting Health and the Environment with uh, with Science, Policy, and Action. I call it Fiswaswa. <laughs> that's P-H-A-T-E-W-S-P-A-A. That's why. It just rolls, it rolls right off the tongue. It's just, 
it's perfect. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? But uh, so tell everybody, Vincent, by the way, um, I have your, um, let's see, where is it at? The current, because you know, if people don't know about it, they should be going to, they should already have your, your, because um, I get, what is it? The, uh, I get I get email from you guys, and I also I already. What's the email? You sign up for the alert, right? Yeah, either our actions of the week. Um, yeah, our alert actions. News, which really. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean it, this is all information that folks can get directly on the BeyondPesticides.org uh, website. They can sign up to become a member. They can get our our action alerts, our daily news, and also they can get um, with membership they can get the uh, pesticides and you. Editorial, which again I always value reading. I tell you that the uh, the alerts are are really wonderful too. I guess something you need to sign you need to sign sign this petition now, you know. And if you don't do it, people, uh, how else are we going to make any change, right? Well, it's either the the petition. Another example is you know calling in to either right. a, a representative, for example. Right, right. I've seen those too. Wait, here's the number to call. <laughs> Yeah. These are your senators. These are your call them and say what tell them. On top of that, you have a little something you can read. Say so people will say, I don't know what to say. Well, read this and they'll get the message. Right. But well, we want people to embellish and tell their own you know, personal side. We don't want people to just copy and paste because everyone has their own yeah, right. perspective, their own backstory. Exactly. Exactly right. I I, I, to I totally agree. But the the point is is that you know uh, go, wait a second before I forget. Here's something that I. I I think you're the perfect person to ask. Okay, so you know, lately they say, well, coffee is going to give you a, a cancer, right? Did you read that? Okay, well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, so, and you know, I, I go to my doctor and he says, don't drink coffee, it'll give you cancer. And I try to explain to him the difference between organically grown coffee and chemically grown coffee. He says chemicals are chemicals. But the point is, is that when you do, when you look at these studies, they say, coffee give you cancer they, they don't mention whether they're organically grown or chemically grown and i think there is a big difference because the chemically grown you're actually getting a bunch of other chemicals in there that's not in the organically grown and uh, i think that's it right there what do you think it's essentially like um one metaphor comes to mind it's almost if you opened up the uh the what do you call it the cabinet underneath the sink and just kind of licks the bottom of the uh the storage cabinet where you keep all the chemicals for cleaning yeah um that wouldn't taste too good. It wouldn't go down too good either. No, it's and that's essentially uh, what we're doing. We're uh, eating either conventionally grown coffee or conventionally grown produce. You're just it's still getting the uh, if, yeah. it's, if it's sprayed with the same chemicals, it still has unfortunately these residues. Right, and no mention. And there's with. no mention. Right, and there's no mention in the anywhere in the paper, anywhere in the article, anywhere in any reports that maybe we studied. We had to study both of the two different. You know, because there will be a, a big difference in in the results. Uh, I would think. <laughs> I would think so too. You know, I mean, coffee next to cotton is one of the most heavy sprayed pesticides in the world. You well, know, I, I, that, that is a tough competition because I know there is. You know, again, it's just the the word dousing comes to mind. Um, just dousing the level of chemicals used. Just dousing chemicals, dousing. unfortunately. Dowsing, right? Dowsing. I, I I love the word dowsing because you know uh, you know uh, we we could talk forever. And one of the things I would love for you to do 
It's making a habit to be a part of my show because there's so much information about pesticides, right? And and then how to because you know I'm just looking at your at your little um, on the uh, the Daily News blog, right? Yeah, yeah. And I every, mean, for crying, new article. right? There's tons of stuff here that if you don't stay on top of it. You lose it. It'd be gone so fast. And that's what's interesting about it. Because these guys can get away with stuff. If nobody points it out, say, stop, wait a minute. Look what you're doing. It keeps on. They move on to something else. And before you know it, like I was looking at what happened to the EPA. And I'm looking at antibacterial nanosilver, you know, which people like to use as antibacterial nanosilver. But there's but there was other chemicals in it. I mean, there's tons and tons of chemicals everywhere being exposed to. And the studies of people, right, are, who are saying this is... is they don't. They don't seem to understand the difference. My doctor mm. doesn't. Well, one thing I think it's important is if you can get your information from what uh, Beyond Pesticides is posting from. You know, really, just it's kind of the, the national perspective, whether it's or even international, for reporting on what's being done in, say, the UK or in Australia, for example. But it's also just all the more important nowadays, especially to to really know what's going on right outside your own front door, you know, if you, let alone knowing how your neighbors are doing and checking in, but knowing either who your representatives are, knowing who to call, you know, to actually checking in on the actual policy that's affecting your life directly. So we need yeah. folks to be engaged in the national, uh, the national front, but really more so it's really to have, it's real grassroots action is the word that, again, is jumbling around people's ears nowadays. Really, the grassroots effort is where we see the most uh, success. I love your map of the uh, pesticides reform policies in the United States. Oh, yeah, I know. I always enjoy that, where you just you can check out, if you're looking at the right map, or the map that I'm thinking you're looking at, it just has the map of the United States and just where there are uh, policies in place. You can go to, say, yeah. California or, yeah. you know, Blessed Vermont and check it out. And that map yes, is always I... expanding. I mean, it doesn't even show what's being done in Canada as well. So, you know, really... Uh, the more the more folks call in to to give us those details, the more the map expands. You guys have a, a forum coming up soon. We do. It's going to be in California. It's going to be in Irvine, uh, the Beckman Center. And um, I personally have not gone there, but I've been told it's a lovely facility. Uh, it's going to be on that uh, one of the one of the loveliest. Andy. It's going to be lovely. Uh, April thirteenth and the fourteenth. It's that uh, Friday and Saturday. So folks That's should. Uh, I'm going to be frank about this, Andy. Folks should register ASAP. We, we need to give a final number for all organic meals and drinks to prepare. So if folks want to be fed at the forum, they should register so they actually get food. You know, it's you got to fill the mind, fill the belly. It's kind of one of those. Uh, What's you know, really cool is that um, this is like part of the Earth Day month festivities, too, isn't it? It's right a week before Earth Day. So it's like Earth Month, right? Yeah, it definitely kind of gets folks jazzed up, ready to really make the, uh, the Earth Day a success. Because that's important, too. I mean, you know, Earth Day's been going on for a while now, you know. And, you know, I, how, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I think we're getting more and more chemicals than ever before. Uh, I, to me, it seems that way. I mean, I don't remember GMOs being so prevalent, you know. I mean, GEOs being so prevalent, because... Uh, that's another subject we could talk about. Like I said, you know, you should make it a habit. You or I love to talk with uh, anybody on the board, you know, anybody anybody who's involved with the organization. But for you, it's like I think you're like the uh, the, the guy that runs ahead. The British are coming. The British are coming on the horse, right? <laughs> that's me. Just give me, a, give me a trumpet and a drum and I'll rally the troops. Cool. So I want you to use this 
this as a forum for you to come on uh, once a month if you want to. Uh, you can do the um, the daily blog up here, to five, ten minutes, to say what's going on, who needs to send what, you know. I think that would be really cool. What do you think? Hey, I think it would benefit a bunch of folks. Well, that's the whole point, right, is to get people involved, people say, well, gee, you know, I should do something about this. And and this this is a perfectly easy way to deal. You don't have to leave your – well, ideally, you should be going to, like, to the forum, right? That would be important to go there. It's, are there going to be other groups and stuff? What's going to be happening at the forum? Tell me about that. Other groups represented? I mean, we have, uh, let's see, oh, well, other groups represented at the forum, Pesticide, uh, let's see, uh, Pesticide Action North America. Uh, we have the um, the Center on Race, Poverty, and the Environment is represented there. Uh, we have the um, uh, the uh, U.S. Geological Survey. We have uh, a speaker coming to speak about uh, uh, threatened watersheds. And, um, oh, let me see. Do, 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 do. Oh, the Center for Regenerative Agriculture uh, will be represented there. And EcoFarm uh, is also called the Ecological Farming Institute. Uh, but I think they simplified it for, uh, for our sake, just calling it EcoFarm. Um, another group also just holding these types of um, farm trainings for folks who, who either started off as farm workers who want to become farm owners. Um, they're called uh, the Agriculture Land-Based Training Association, uh, also just oh. called ALBA. I tell you, these names just roll off the tongue today, but they're giving me a, a good, a uh, good challenge. But cool. you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited to hear um, from longtime organic farmers, folks who are. You know, nowadays they're calling themselves, you know, regenerative farmers, folks who are really focused on growing food in the soil, but then leaving the soil better afterwards, not just but, taking, taking, taking. You know, uh, it would be even much better, you know, forum if I was a speaker. You know that, right? I think so. You know what you have to do? You have to go in there and just kind of bust down the doors, you know, again, with the trumpet and the drum, and just really go, oh, you know, here's Andy. What yeah, I'll do is I'll just show up and whoever's speaking, I'll tie them up and take over, you know. That's all. They can't do anything until I'm done, you know. Right? They're not going to shoot that, me, right? <laughs> that would be, be one of the, the quickest hog ties I've ever seen. If you just you zip in there, <laughs> take down the speaker, <laughs> hop on the stage. Be no, I'm serious. I would love to be a speaker on maybe next time here in, in L.A., you know. Hey, we have a forum every single year. Cool. Well, I, talk to somebody. <laughs> I'm not. I'm serious. I would love to t sit there and uh, be there and talk. Be one of the speakers that uh, beyond pesticides. It's something I've been talking about forever. So I, you know, I don't. I I tell people look. So people call me up, you know, and they they have a bug on a tree, right? Because I'm I'm consider myself a natural arborist, and so I and, and you know, like I gave a talk to the UCLA. They have uh, over ten thousand uh, willows there or uh, white barks who are being attacked by a, a beetle. So they're doing research as to what pesticides you use to kill the beetle with, right? And so I said, you know, maybe you should uh, think about the fact that the trees are connected to the earth, and maybe you should think about the earth, what's going on there. And I explained to them, exactly. I was only talking to them for 15 minutes because I asked some questions. So I found out, you will love this, that they were using a weed and feed fertilizer, lawn fertilizer. Right on the lawn, you know, in the campus you have this lawn and you have the trees amongst it, right? They were using that to control the, you know, to do the lawn, beautiful lawn, right? If you if you think it's beautiful, but it's beautiful lawn, no weeds. But the trees are all hooked into the lawn are starting to have this problem, and so it uh -huh. turns out it turns out that they were recycling. They were really smart. They said, "Well, recycling the water 
to water the trees with. The, the water that we water the lawn with is full of this nitrogen, high nitrogen in this weed and feed. We're recycling back to the trees. Now you already already know. Are you? Uh, can you tell what why, why the trees were being attacked? Do you know? No, you have to tell me. Well, because the high nitrogen for starters, high nitrogen for starters is bad for trees. It destroys the soil, uh, the microbes and bacteria in the soil. I told them go out. I pay them a hundred bucks if they find one worm on the place, because it kills them. Then, then you then you got the weed and feed, which is usually the the Roundup stuff or whatever else is in there, which further kills the worm, further kills the stuff. And on top of that, you don't fertilize trees, which is the same stuff you would feed your lawn with. Right. <laughs> you know, the also, trees the, need... The, the more we spray, I mean, the, the, I guess, like, if you're saying nitrogen fertilizer, phosphorus, um, it's just the same idea where the more we're spraying on top of the ground, it just has the ability to just roll right off, whether it's just off-site or into the water. So we just don't want it. We need to focus on the health of the whole system because I like the image of you know, of the tree or even really any plant where it's not just what we see above the ground. It's really that there is like, you know, the same amount right below where it's like, you know, either you see what's, how it, uh, how it displays itself through the bark, but then you're not seeing the inside of it. You're not seeing its root structure. So there's more than meets the eye, really. And we had to look at that exactly. the entire system. And so, so what I told them, this is what you have to do to... Because they had about 10,000 trees, a thousand already have it, and they're, they're debating whether they cut the trees down, put some more trees. I say, look, the beetle will not attack the trees if the conditions are wrong for the beetle to attack it. The reason why the beetle's attacking the tree because it wants to lay eggs for his baby. And no mother beetle will say, I'm going to lay the eggs in that tree if my children are going to die. No, I'm going to lay the eggs in that tree if they have some food for them to eat and survive. Because when a tree becomes weak, right, when a tree becomes weak and lack of minerals, because here's the thing, they're not giving the trees any of the things that they need, the minerals, because it's usually a trace mineral deficiency. So if they, and the, the trick is that the earth is what feeds the trees. <laughs> and if you don't, if you destroy the earth, the trees are not gonna get the food, and yeah, the bugs are gonna go nuts. And that's an important thing for us to remember anyway. It's like, you know, humans bless us, really. We, we, we just need help change our perspective, because we just have, as of now, we might assume, you know, incorrectly, that we we have the knowledge to understand how to feed a tree, how to feed a human, and we're realizing that we're just, our knowledge is so desperately lacking that we just, don't, there's no way that we'll have the same understanding or the same knowledge or wisdom that the Earth actually provides for free. So we I do another back show. actually start giving back to the Earth. I do another time. show called The Body and the Garden, because what's in our stomach, the biomine in our stomach, is very similar to the microbiology in the soil. And it works exactly the same. It works exactly the same. If your stomach, if you use, so I say, I talk about Roundup, right? Roundup to the soil is like cocaine to the stomach, you know? That was, cocaine, uh, like cocaine to your not, body. Not exactly the meal you need to start your day. Yeah. So if you destroy your, your, your stomach, you're going to destroy your ability to be healthy, the same thing with anything that's growing on there, including humans, because we think, well, we're not connected to us, but yes, we are. <laughs> so listen, why, what, you have some questions here, because we still got plenty of time, you know, <clears throat> and it says here, what's the first and worst impacted, who are those first and worst impacted by toxic chemical exposure? Now, I know the answer, but I want you to answer it. So, I, Andy, you know, you know what I'm going to say before I say it, this is this is some radio show right here. You go, I know what you're going to say before you say. Um, <laughs> if I, if you have something you'd like to add, I would just be the first to say children whose bodies are still developing and our elders 
who are just, you know, they don't deserve to just be, you know, shrugged away somewhere and given the worst quality service or food. If they're also the worst impacted, we need to look at look at the first or the people in our society who are really uh, whose bodies really will be either altered or who uh, perhaps will. Uh, I guess we'll see who either would have the worst time of it. Unfortunately, uh, okay. with, uh, you know, experience with uh, uh, just working in elementary school for only two years, but I really just didn't see much for t- time kids were granted outside or before they had, they go to lunch. They you know they rub their hands in like a you know, bacterial, like antibacterial soap, and then right after they eat, they, you know, because you don't have time to get kids to the bathroom to all scrub their hands. It's like, all right, you know, antibacterial soap. So you just think about it. It's just this way of, unfortunately, it builds this, like, this resistance to this type of uh, soap. It's the same thing we're doing. If we're just, like, spraying that same chemical over agricultural fields, you're just making the bugs, the plants, resistant to the spray, which means it's just ineffective. Can you spray more? It means you have a more toxic problem. It's just a, it's just system of dependence and needs to stop. Sorry, yes, I got and, a little passionate there. <laughs> no, and and you know the the thing is is that you can't get away from this toxic chemical exposure. You need. I'm thinking of going to business selling like these spacesuits that people wear with the old supply of oxygen, and you walk around going, "Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, nice to nice to see you. Hey, nice to see you." You know, it's like because anywhere you go, the air, the soil, the ocean, it's like. Gee, I might as well put a, a, a ship in space, out of space, and live out there because we're surrounded. And you know, the, to me, the first and the worst are usually the smallest <laughs> and the largest. I mean, you know, the the whales are getting a big time. Everybody in the ocean is getting a big time. Uh, the smallest would be all the insect, not to mention your pets, not to mention birds, cats, dogs. They all get exposed to these things. I mean, a, a small child <laughs> is it, it, different than a big adult getting exposed to this stuff, and and it damages them, and there's toxins everywhere. And then the toxins, then they, then they give us the toxins in our food, you know, right? I Get mean, exposed it's, it's, and it's eat it. Same idea. Same idea anywhere. Like if these, you know, speaking as, you know, not speaking as a kid, but speaking um, on behalf of the children, if you will, like their their bodies are closer to the ground. They're breathing quicker, so they're also inhaling more of if there is a chemical yeah. in the air. It's also yeah. the same idea, like, you know, if they're also just, you know, kind of similar to um, an animal, if you will. If they're just, like, smelling around, they'll, they're more apt to just kind of pick something up and put it in their mouth, and you don't know what's covered in that. And unfortunately, this, these yeah. are the, the decisions that the kids are not aware of, that, they're, that their uh, parents or the adults around them have made the choice to say, you know what, it's all right to have poisons everywhere, and we won't keep our kids safe. It's just, it's a real question of priorities, and... It's just right, and, really and they can't be that stupid. Way. People can't be that stupid, really. You you would think that if I was a parent with two kids, I would say, wait a minute, <laughs> I, I, I can't take you to the park because there's all kinds of poisons there. You can't touch that. As a matter of fact, here's a suit you have to wear. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's getting, you can't t- stick your head outside right now. I mean, I have a guy who smokes cigarettes down below me. And he says he has a right to smoke cigarettes. But I tell him, I, I'm glad he understands the word rights because I have a right not to smoke it. People don't understand. It just goes everywhere. Everybody ends up doing the same thing. It's re- absolutely. Re- just the other day, it says this guy was spraying uh, Roundup on the lawn. And now I think the law is, correct me if I'm wrong, you're supposed to say do not walk on it for 24 hours. At least warn people. I don't know. People right there with their dogs and everything. I know, and the whole idea of, like, when it's safe to get back on a, you know, for example, on a lawn that's been sprayed, it's just this, it's just a hilarious where either, you know, the story, yeah. you know, obviously we're talking about who gets 
who gets affected first? I mean, the story of even the farm workers who are even forced to, or again, who's, who's, uh, who's, uh, whose job it is actually is picking these, working the fields, picking the food that's sprayed. Well, some of these stories that will be presented at the forum are actually hearing that, you know, as a farm worker, you're told to pick, for example, uh, an orange right after it's been sprayed or the, the applicator of the chemical is told to spray while there's workers yeah. in the field. Like while there are either, yeah. let alone young children, but while there are men and women, you know, tragically working to, to feed their families, working in the fields while there are these toxic chemicals like clypyrifos being sprayed. And that's where we see the highest rates of this, of uh, asthma, you know, if you will. So, you know, a kid has an asthma attack, you see higher rates in low-income areas because, again, that's direct exposure over a long period of time. And you know, again, you know what I see there's a direct correlation between is that most of these people are either you know, illegal immigrants or, you know, uh, lower level, you know, low class people in terms of their social standing. And they don't have any rights to stand up to this chemical use. Cause they, what, what, could, what would I do if I was illegal here working and they sprayed me with chemicals? I'm not going to say, who am I going to complain to? Certainly, when they say, it's the same thing, uh, the same tragedy of... Um, that's a different conversation altogether. If we're, ta- if we're not talking about actual protections for workers, I mean, let alone exposure to toxic chemicals, but the same threat is um, is seen with uh, with sexual abuse. You know, who, if you're really not valued as even having the same human rights, you really can't even speak up for yourself for fear of losing your job, for losing the income right. to support your family. And I have a feeling that's what it's kind of like all about on one level. They can't come out and say, "Well, we need these slaves because we are nobody in their right mind would go out there and work in the fields with this stuff that we're spraying, right?" And that's the thing, Andy. It's again the food we're buying. We're just so used to buying food so cheap. And if again, if folks are actually working, willing to like kind of offer some of their own time or labor into the food growing process, they might actually get a better perspective. Because there's no way a system can support itself off of almost free to the, the cheapest labor possible. If we're not even paying folks a livable wage, it's really just, again, we're perpetuating the same system of inequality, you know, and really it, yeah. it's just, it needs to stop. And, or, and the yeah. organic industry needs to set that higher standard. Yeah, and asked it, there is a better way to do it. And, and one of the things, I, uh, one of the questions here is about, um, has to do with a grass lawn. Should everybody feel pressured to have a grass lawn? That question is a little bit of a, a catch-22 question because I have a feeling that you're going to say that they could do other types of lawns rather than a grass lawn. Because I, I would answer it a little differently, but because I've been in the business for such a long time, I can actually tell a person, look, you don't ha- your grass lawn does not have to use pesticides. Your grass lawn does not have to use a lot tons of water. You can control, have a beautiful lawn, and still be uh, environmentally safe and water-wise. I'm sorry if I missed up your answer. <laughs> Go ahead. You're good. I'll only add to that in saying, you know, as a younger person myself, I'm excited by um, by uh, learning more about the food growing process. So I see all of this land that's just covered in, you know, grass. turf grass, which has just a yeah. thin root structure. I mean, it's just also yeah. it's very water dependent because it's not native to that area at all. It requires so much um, so much labor, so much water, if you will. So obviously, yeah. the, through the through experts like Chip Osborne, who will be speaking multiple times at this forum. Um, at the Beckman Center, you can learn how that, that it is just so, there are there are excuse me it's um, 
there is the ability to, to manage, you know, turf grass organically. Um, my only addition to that would be consider what you could incorporate into an area like a lawn that perhaps is either native to that region or um, consider growing some of your own food in that land right. you provide. It just seems like it's a, such a waste of space for me, where folks are meant- told to maintain it. Did you ever hear of a guy named Eddie Albert who did Green Acres? Green no. Acres is the place to be. Farm living is so like you never saw that. You're not that old, are you? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's on no. TV. Eddie Alberts right. and uh, I forgot her name. Eva Gardner. No, um, she they did uh, Green Acres. And Eddie Albert, I met him once. And I pulled out his front lawn and planted corn on one side, watermelon. I was always uh, I was always saying, gee, be nice if we can eat that grass. Why don't we just grow something else in the front yard or the backyard? And that's the solution to this food problem. Because if you grow the food yourself and you grow it organically, and even then you still gotta, you know, you got to because I started out as a kid growing food in my front yard and my backyard. And you know what the greatest problem my next door neighbor? Okay. What was that? Like, the guy will be out there spraying on my, on my side. I got to spray the plant. I was helping you out. No, serious. And even then, if he sprayed his own thing, right, the wind will come and take it for the rest of the park, all the houses on that yard. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay, yeah. this, is, this, is one, this is one thing. I mean, I grew up um, perhaps, you know, with enough privilege at one point to have a small garden space. And I think we only successfully grew some, um, some zucchini. Um, that I remember. I definitely wasn't as involved, but here I am trying to regain that type of uh, knowledge, if you will. I'm just saying that not even to say that you can grow all of your food, but if you start to have, you know, again, saying that you grow cucumbers really well and your friend, your neighbor grows tomatoes really well, you're starting to yeah. create these old, these new social networks. You're trying to actually, that's the whole definition of local right there. Yeah, so, so when I was when I lived in Florida, um, 19, I got a service in 1970. I started, a, uh, I told you the church, but I, I started a garden club. And ba- my yeah. idea was, look, I grow this, you grow that, you grow that. We all meet and we all share. <laughs> or at least just come together once a month for a, a lovely pollock to learn who you're living next to. Again, when you come, might as well bring something for your garden, whether it be a vegetable, whether it be seeds, whether it be the actual, you know, something you cooked. And share it with other people. Because that's the idea. Some people are good at growing tomatoes. You can see some of these people. And other people are good at growing zucchinis. You can't stop them. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And for but other listen, people, that, that type of knowledge needs to be passed on. Otherwise, it'll just be the, the job of folks who are paid, you know, paid so little to pick and grow all the food that we rely on. Whether we're importing it from other countries, we need to give these skills for young people because they're the ones yeah. who are going to be sustaining us the same exactly. as well. That's how I started in uh, when I did the church in the Invisible Gardener. I actually started the Invisible Gardener doing raised beds for people. And the way I got the name was is because I did the raised beds at night. You know, you go out there under a lot of full moon, you put it together, you fill it up, actually plant it, do the, the drip line, everything. So in the morning, you get to the garden as if it's been there. One lady woke up and says, gee, Invisible Gardener has been here. And that's how I got the name because even then, in 1970, yeah, and, and my whole thing with education is exactly that. Is I teach right now. I teach kids how to start their own business. That's what I want to do. I want to get a thirteen-year-old. I'm talking to a couple other kids who want to and help them start their own organic business, whether it be organic gardening business. I mean, I did a spraying business, or organic spraying business. As a kid, I started spraying milk, coffee, cream, you know, <laughs> Dr. Brunner's soap. My favorite thing to spray, Dr. Brunner's soap. You know, and I tell people, look, just start learning, and you'll you'll figure it out. 
So what I want to see, I mean, this is, again, my plug for Vermont, but before I left uh, for D.C., we were uh, preparing for, I believe it's going to be happening within either this next year or the next year, but it's a universal composting law. Uh, so you're going to have to have, you know, folks will have to either find the compost facility in the city nearby or just start to learn how to put compost themselves or compost outside their own homes. And just you start to realize that, you know, your food is not just idle for the nutrients it gives you. It's that even just appeal is like the, the little scraps while you're just cutting up and sauteing. Like all that still has the ability to just become soil that you can once again grow food. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a, locally here we have uh, a, a, an earthworm farm. We have a, a bile sh- a couple of different borrowed chart companies that blend the earthworm together so they have the really cool earthworm castings. Uh, and then they all do the same thing. They take uh, the food and the worms just eat it right up and and what comes out is something you can never tell that was food. Yeah. And what comes out is quite literally, you know, the most nutrient-dense soil that is exactly what a vegetable needs. It has all the little micronutrients that again are it's not that are not present when you just are spraying either phosphorus fertilizer or right. nitrogen fertilizer. You have to have a wide variety of micronutrients to grow nutrient dense food. Exactly and right. Dense humans. Exactly. You need the two things. You need the minerals and the bacteria. And that's why properly made compost, that's why I talk a lot about rock dust, different sources of rock dust, how to get the minerals, how to get the bacteria together. Uh, and let's not forget I, the fungi as well. That's our, our nutrient transportation system underground. Exactly. Did you get a, a copy of my uh, new book? I, e- I uh, emailed it to you, huh? I did, and as of as of now, because I'm I'm arranging this form, I only had time to peruse the pictures at this point. Oh did yeah, picture draw, Did you draw the artwork, Andy? Because that I was taken aback. That was beautiful. Yeah, no, that's my daughter-in-law because I I she's a, a, a not a famous artist, but an amazing artist. You know how artists are; they don't even sign the thing. They just. You go to her home and they're covered with stuff everywhere around the walls and stuff. And she's having, so I say, look, I need something to push the book over the top. And I want to put, I want a fairy or some magical being in every chapter. <laughs> and uh, that's what I got. There you, <laughs> you go. Know? And you got it, yeah. It's really, really, really beautiful. So I, I, I just wanted to combine the two together because I believe in, in, the, in, in the magic of the earth, you know, that kind of stuff, you know? And it, I mean, just coming off of that, because I love you know, artistic expression. My dad is a music teacher for 35 years, and uh, I, I only learned to play the drums, unfortunately. But just artistic expression, drawing, actually conveying beauty through art. Again, that's reaching folks at a younger age who perhaps may be intimidated to, to turn through the pages of a book, but they're saying, this picture speaks to me. Why is this person feeling and this image feeling that yeah. they're so... I'll say spiritually connected to even a tree or a small plant or even a butterfly. Yeah. It's like that. There's more. Like there's more that we can feel connected to than just either our brothers and sisters. You know, there's a larger right. social network out there that's just waiting to be, you know, yep. waiting to just have us join. I started about two years ago uh, writing music and doing artwork. It's a long story how I started. Just woke up one morning. <laughs> but I, I started writing my own music and doing my own artwork uh, because I'm always that kind of guy, you know, it's just let it go, and the creativity. As I get older, you know, as you get older, people start doing weird things. Anyway, I, w- I have another question about bees, butterflies, bats, and beetles. Oh, yeah. What about that? Why, why should people care about them? I mean, I know, right, uh, why bees, because if there are no bees, butterflies, bats, and beetles, the humans will, will, there will be no humans either. But that's another story. Go ahead. That's the thing. I mean, I haven't tried a um, 
try eating a bee or a butterfly, but it's not that they are a food source in themselves, is that these are almost, again, the unsung heroes of our food production system, let alone, again, the farm workers who are in the fields day in, day out, rain or shine. But these are the people who, you know, the people, excuse me, these are the creatures, the selfless heroes that are, again, pollinating our plants. Yeah, it's not just bees that pollinate our plants. Like, because folks, folks are going, honeybees, honeybees, protect the honeybees. Like, you know, I, I sometimes it's just important to say our love of honeybees almost is that we want to continue to take their honey. We need to look to protect the native pollinators, the butterflies, the solitary bees, again, the beetles, the bats, things that again are unsung that are doing this. Just you know, whether in the uh, in the dark or on their own. Because again, without them, we're going to have a such a such a harder job producing you know, food because we'll have to either hand pollinate years ago, or even devise some kind of mechanical bee to fly around and pollinate. <laughs> you know, why why invest in that when we have the nature provides the solutions for for us? Years ago, I started. Uh, well, I've been doing my radio shows in 1970 since I got out of the service. Um, somewhere in the in the mid 80s, I think it was 84, 85, 86. I first um, started talking about uh, bee colony collapse. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, and the main thing, and that that because that along the uh, along the lines, I started talking about the warning of genetic engineered organisms as, as opposed to genetically modified. And gene- and and I tell them, look, there's no coincidence that the more you have genetic engineered corn out there, you have millions and millions of acres of corn. Guess who's pollinating them? And guess who's going to take this? In, this in genetically engineered roundup back to their to their hive and try to come up with the, what they need. And guess why they're dying? It doesn't take yeah. a scientist to figure out. I mean, just adding on to that, and you said it so right, so so well. It's just uh, it's essentially like the image that comes to mind. It's you're essentially giving a, a marathon runner, you know, whether it's just a diet of of soda, if you will, or sugary syrup, and saying, "Now run that twenty miles." And it's just obviously it's it's understandable why perhaps again a bee bringing back just a soda to its colony and saying hey can I can I uh, grow the brood can I grow the next generation off of this food source and we're seeing no it impairs the immune system it, it impairs their communication you know, it, it impairs their ability to remember where they're going like where the food source is so again if, if this is the same metaphor if we're seeing that the bees are having trouble um, raising healthy young. Yeah. It does not take a scientist to say, well, what about humans? Are we having, you know, what's the quality yeah. of our, um, the offspring right. that we're producing? Again, it's just. Exactly. It's the same thing. Drawn. It's the same thing. And so it's, it's really like we're being very either arrogant or really very stupid or we're just going with the money. We can't, we, but we can't keep doing that. There's, there's lots of things that are pointing to our, you know, are dismissed unless humans wake up because we have the ability. I'm not even going to talk about we don't have time for climate change, that whole scenario. Right. We're just taken to this thing like, oh, you know, I, uh, uh, you should read one of my uh, columns, which I wrote is 10 ways to kill all living beings on the planet. And it happens to cover 10 environmental boundaries we're not supposed to cross. The scientist yeah. who wrote he wrote a column on the 10 environments. He said, you must have read my book. I go, what book? The 10 environmental boundaries are supposed to cross because your column says exactly each one. And that doesn't take a science to figure. you got to have clean air, right? Clean water, clean food, clean soil. I mean, no radiation. These are things we're not supposed to have so much of. And it's exactly what we're doing now, isn't it? Right. I mean, I, I grew up next to in Vermont. Um, I grew up next to a, a cornfield. And I, I was just too used to, to hearing the narrative of you don't eat that corn that is cow corn. 
And I grew up thinking that cows just preferred to eat corn until I realized that because we're feeding cows or livestock, whether it's either, you know, tank-grown fish or pigs, if we're just feeding them corn when they would prefer to eat other foods, whether it's just something as simple as grass, you have to then, you know, again, uh, almost like prop up their immune system on stilts by feeding them these antibiotics. So it's like we're not raising healthy food at all. Again, we're not so raising wait, wait a second. Are you, you're saying, are you saying those cows were only fed corn? The, yeah, I would say the majority, uh, if, unless it's specified otherwise, that these are either uh, grazed, uh, grazed cattle, if you will, or grass-fed, then they're being fed a, a, a strict diet of either corn and antibiotics. Why do they do and that? Is, is that for a good meat? It's, it's so they can actually raise them quicker, so they, they develop, um, their, they get, uh, excuse me, their, their weight increases quicker, it means that they have a shorter lifespan, and that they can, they can be turned into beef or pork yeah. quicker than actually having to raise a healthier animal. Um, but so it's just, again, doesn't it make sense it, that if you ate that food, you wouldn't be healthy either? That would be a, that'd be, that'd be fair. I think that'd be a fair, fair assessment, yeah. And also, yeah. If, you're, if you're thinking about how much meat Americans or, you know, either other countries are eating, if they're eating up a strict diet of, you know, either meat that was raised on a strict diet of corn, again, it's just like, we're just 100% GE corn, unfortunately. Not 100%, right. sorry, I got a little... There. And it's unfortunate that the amount, the dam a lot of the damage being done to the earth happens to be a lot of uh, meat cattle growers now destroying forestry and so forth, so they can grow more cattle and the environmental damage that they do uh, for for meat. Uh, it's it's really I got to say we're we seem to be able to do exactly the wrong thing. <laughs> it well, takes skills. It takes skills to do that, huh? down to priorities. I mean, it's, it's really, it's like speaking to, to one of our uh, featured speakers, um, hopefully he'll be able to give us a demo, but um, uh, the operations manager for um, a managed goat grazing operation in Southern California, he was saying that um, you know, a lot of what he sees is really, if, if there is a problem that needs to be addressed, such as a threat of wildfires, because there's just, again, a lot of brush that's, that's around that's unmanaged because we don't have these large herds of grazing animals that are able to pick it up. Um, and just like you know, turn it into into body fat. Um, if we don't have that labor force that's willing to actually work to solve the problem, then you're, he was saying that you're just seeing, um, you know, we're saying, oh, we'll uh, we'll pay people a dollar a day to to uh, to do this type of work, or these will be people who are returning citizens, or even folks who are unfortunately incarcerated, or folks who have you know community service. We're not incentivizing this type of work because we need to actually say that this is a threat and actually kind of marketing in a way of saying, you are a public servant. You are actually helping to protect your community from either wildfire or uh, nutrient-deficient food. And that should actually be kind of marketed in a way that appeals to young people because they, they should see themselves as heroes if they're doing this type of work that actually is helping to, to sustain not just themselves, but their neighbors, their neighbors' kids, again, let alone the, the creatures who can't speak for themselves, at least in English. Yeah, I understand. It's and it's getting worse, and that's what the uh, the forum is really about. Listen, if people want to know more about the information on the forum, where should they uh, go to to register? Can you do that on your website or the or what? Kevin, um, well, there's a couple ways to do it. You, oh, excuse me, um, folks who are interested, they can call in uh, to the Beyond Pesticides office. Um, they can chat to lovely folks like me and other coworkers. Uh, the number is. Two zero two five four three five four five zero. Number again: two zero two five four three 
5450. You can also email me directly. Uh, that's just G White with the color at beyondpesticides.org. And you can also just go to the website, the Beyond Pesticides website. Symbol is beyondpesticides.org. And look at the um, the forum event page. It comes right up right in the center. It says Organic Neighborhoods for Healthy Children, Families, and Ecology. And that's just go to the event page. It has details for registration. So you can just, again, get fed at the forum. Folks can register what, now so they can actually get meals. I think while they're up there, they should actually sign up to receive the alerts. If they have not signed up, yeah, get our, um, get our right. action alerts, and, our daily news and alerts. Then, and then take it one step further, because, you know, you guys could all use all the help you can, and, and uh, subscribe to receive the Pesticides and in, in You magazine, a newsletter. Right. I mean, this is just, it's one of many amazing resources that are available from Beyond Pesticides, from, you know, I'll say our ally organizations here that are all promoting, you know, the same alternative, the same, you know, paradigm shift, if you will. This forum is just one of, of many amazing, you know, events that are happening, but for me, as I've been arranging this for the, for the past many months, I want to see that it's attended by folks who will take the information away, use it to either contact their neighbors, their families, and actually say, this is important. We may not, we may not see it as a threat currently, but if the same trends, you know, are allowed to perpetuate, then we're going to see, you know, I don't want to be negative here, but there is a chance um, to see larger issues, you know, coming as a result. So folks need to yeah. actually go to the, go into the forum, uh, whether these are homeowners, parents, City officials, folks who have, you know, large incomes, low incomes, regardless, they need to feel that this is an this is an issue that will impact all of us, let alone just the human species. But this is something that, again, from this forum, we're looking to actually provide folks these types of tools because, you know, again, you can come to the forum, you can feel like you, um, maybe you're a little overwhelmed by the scale of these issues. Do you feeling like one of our keynote speakers um, is an author of Whitewash? Uh, it's like the story of a weed killer, cancer, and the corruption yeah. of science. You know, right. You're uh, actually, Gil, you know, her like, name is Gil uh, Gillian. I think it's Gary, Carrie Gillam. Yeah. Yeah, she was on you our speak, show just not too long ago. You said that. I, re- she's speaking, I got she's the book. That, uh, that Friday night. She's going to be a yeah, I got the book. Friday night. I, I got the book, Whitewash, the story of a weed killer, cancer, and the corruption of science. Yeah, right? Next time when you call, may you may want to call from a slightly different area of your mic, your phone's a little bit messed up on my end, I think. I don't know. So thank you for calling, okay? And by the way, the reason why what I was going to say was is uh, you heard in the beginning, I, I I started playing this song, How Do You Want Your World? And, and that's the song. Yeah, and that's a, there's a song I was playing called How Do You Want Your World by Stephen Longfellow Fizz. It basically says, how do you want your world today? Hmm. See, right? And that's what we're talking about here is how do you how do we want our world today, right? And so we yeah. have to, you have to do something. You can't just sit back because, you know, if you have children, and this is a the world they're going to be living in. And even if you don't have children, you're living in this world. If you want to live a longer life, you're going to have to stop polluting yourself and on top of that you have to stop letting others pollute you and the only way you can really do that you have to do it through the system we have here right you have to vote you have to say no you have to do the petition you have to do what it takes if you say nothing that basically means it's okay yeah so just adding on to that it's like you know, if folks are feeling strongly if they're feeling like they need to you know, talk to their neighbors talk to their city officials 
there, there are right ways and wrong ways to do that. There, if you go in there, guns blazing, not the right phrase. If you go in there, you know, just head first, just like, you know, uh, just angry, scowl on your face, finger waving, you know, lip curled, no one's going to perhaps really welcome you in and say, well, tell me what's on your mind, friend. If you're going into a, if you're going up to your neighbor's house or to your city official and actually, you know, with your, you know, carrying, I'll say, a heart full of grief and you're actually saying, I'm very worried, you know, actually not even trying to pass falsely, just trying to actually speak to your neighbors about what you're actually carrying in your heart. It's important because folks may feel like they're alone, but there are many people who, you know, I guess are carrying this type of really, this type well, of grief that needs to be expressed. You know that uh, I was watching TV, and this is part of the biggest problem because advertising, uh, there was an ad for this, this uh, I'm not going to give the name of the fertilizer company, but it's really bad chemical fertilizer with all the really bad chemicals in it. And and they have it, uh, look how green this lawn is, the dog's playing, the kid's playing. Uh, it's got to be healthy and everything, right? They don't say warning, it may cause cancer or anything. They, it's not, no, no, no mention of that. And it's an average, and they spend millions, if not billions and trillions of dollars in, in, in getting it to you, the information, you know, that bad. Yeah, we'll say it might hurt sales just slightly. And if, if they were to have a big banner saying warning may cause cancer, you know, and there's, there's lots of information that's not, uh, that's not made clear just for the sake of profit. And we want that to stop. People yeah. on the planet over profit, Andy. Yeah, man. Thank you for calling, okay? Yeah. And just just one last plug here. You know, again, yeah. folks want more information for the forum, go to the beyondpesticides.org uh, website and email me directly, call the office. Um, again, just the dates for that, it's April 13th and 14th at the Beckman Center in Irvine, California. Uh, Two-day forum. Register early so you can get all organic meals and beverages, beverages included, which includes organic coffee, which includes organic wine, if folks are interested by either of those incentives. But again, the discussions, the presentations and keynotes, the plenaries and workshops are incentive enough. Folks really should take this opportunity to join and uh, ask their questions, express themselves. And it's well, I hope to see you there. An amazing opportunity. Sweet. I hope, I hope to see you. I'm going to do my best to get over there. And make sure to bring your drum and trumpet. <laughs> no, I just, I just come in my naked man outfit with the sign, the world is ending. <laughs> or just a barrel. You could just, you know, wearing a barrel with a, a yeah, yeah, the world is ending. Being naked gets more attention. The barrel is, oh, look, there's a barrel man. But look, there's a naked, that get attention. You, know? you want to get attention, right? <laughs> Even better than that, you know, naked with a tambourine. I've always, I've always assumed that might work best. Okay, man, take care now, all right? Thanks for the chance to promote the forum, and I really appreciate it. Okay, man, take care. Bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. So you're listening to Don't Panic, It's Organic. Your host, Andy Lopez, he is the world-famous and incredibly handsome, invisible gardener. Um, uh, next week, we're going to have uh, the folks from Amigo Bob. It's AmigoBob.com. I think that's the first week uh, in a April. AmigoBob.com, right? On the third week, we have an Earth Day special. I'm going to be giving away a whole bunch of stuff, so make sure you listen in. I'm going to give away some. I don't have any T-shirts now. Normally, I have T-shirts. Don't panic. It's organic T-shirt. I will be getting them soon. My problem is, you might be able to help me, is I can find organic cotton, but the, the inks are toxic. Uh, uh, anybody got any ideas? <laughs> okay. Because uh, I got some really nice organic cotton T-shirts, but then I have to wash. Uh, people were calling me and says, I, I put it on. The ink cost me a rash, and now I had to wash them before I... Send them out. It's like, really? 
And then when I call people, I say, you have organic cotton? Yeah, yeah. But uh, the ink is going to be our standard, blah, blah, blah. I'm going, oh, yeah, yeah. Tell you, Snit, right? What's name? <laughs> so if you have some idea, please. Uh, uh, the uh, Let's see. Uh, make sure you go to my website, invisiblegardener.com, <laughs> .com, and uh, click on uh, the uh, newsletter. And on the newsletter, there's a little box that says contest. Click on the contest uh, button. And you you and mention in the in the in the news in the uh, for the you know uh, there's a comment box in there some section you can write something you should say uh, mention the radio show but even if you don't you just click on contest anybody who clicks on that button will get a free lifetime membership to my club they're going to get my my latest e- uh, book and an ebook my video bleh, my latest book and ebook version PDF uh, don't panic it's organic you'll get that right uh, away it's in a color version too so you don't have to pay a hundred bucks for the Printed color version because it costs a lot of money to print it, so they're selling it for 100 bucks a color. The black and white version is 20 bucks, but you'll get that plus the other 21 other books that I've done and access to the website and access to the Invisible Gardener podcast. Uh, if you don't want to do any of that, just send me email Andy Lopez at invisiblegardener.com. Make sure you spell the whole thing right. You can't go up to bbsradio.com, you can spell that, you'll it'll, it'll give you a link that takes you to my website, uh, and uh, you can. Uh, Send me, you'll see the email address up there. You can just send me an email, Andy Lopez at invisiblegardener.com, and just mention BBS Radio Show, bbsradio.com, and uh, I'll send you back a link saying you have one. Okay? Uh, and, uh, the uh, If you don't want to do any of that, you can always just get the, pos- the, the free podcast or Don't Panic It's Organic, so you can listen to the show and any other show I do that gets. Uh, sent out through the podcast. Uh, the podcast will allow you to listen to any way, subscribe through any of uh, your iPad, you know, iTunes, whatever you want to. Um, that way you can listen to the show and you can get involved with the contest. Uh, as I said, we're having a first day. I'm giving away uh, Invisible Gardener's growing, Grower's Kit. It's $100 special. Plus you'll get a print version of my book. You'll get the color version of the book, which is $100. So that's a $200 value right there. I'm only giving one away. Uh, of that, uh, I might give more than one. We'll see. Uh, but I definitely would be giving away anybody who wants a free lifetime membership. That way you'll get access to the PDF version of the book. As a member, you also get a special discount on the printed version of the book. The fourth and fifth week, I have nothing set up yet, but I will let you know uh, what we're going to do. Uh, I'll probably have one of those would be music, which I'll probably be going to do uh, really soon. Uh, I call my music inner, inner gardening music. Uh, and it's re- actually I actually wrote it for uh, for the garden. Uh, here's the song I'm working on now, which I think you'll like. I'm assuming that uh, I could stay. I'll stay until the engineer says you gotta go. Uh, what he said last week was I can stay on until he says you gotta go. Yes, he's got this voice. He's gotta go. Yeah, hey you, you gotta go. Something like that. <clears throat> now my voice can't. Ch- I can't change my voice back. I don't know what to do. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> Here's this song. This is called Sunlight. There's a whole bunch of frequencies and stuff going on here. I'm using a tuning board, board uh, bows. Tibetan tuning board, bows.
starting probably next week if my engineer helped me i can i figured out a way to pipe the music straight through the system rather than replaying it through the speakers that way you can hear the quality of it better of course you can always go to the website invisiblegardener.com and uh listen to it right there it's also available on soundcloud and a lot of my music is available everywhere to listen to this music naked so I'll just say to while you're driving. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the sound. this music I wrote before. Brand new. I haven't even posted it yet. Thank you. 
so this song is about uh, 20 minutes long. So I'm going to give you the five-minute version or the six-minute version. It's meant for meditating in the garden. Okay, so that was called Sunlight. It has um, three or four Tibetan singing bowls in it, which you have to learn how to hit them just right. This is the one I'm currently working on. These I'm working on right now, by the way, so that means they're not finished. I might, I'm still working with them, you know, changing, adding things to it. I use a thing called Acid Pro. It allows me to use a paintbrush to paint my music with. This is called Alien Planet. This song has about 17 different frequencies that I interweaving here. So if you're feeling really lightheaded, just um, open your mouth and let the uh, and breathe. It's a good idea. Breathing.
Okay, so that one's as far as I've gotten with that one. I have to decide, you know, an ending. I usually just do stuff and I don't even worry about whether it has an ending or not. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> what can I say about it, right? So um, here's another song that I'm uh, I'm working on three or four songs at the same time. I always seem to do that. Um, this one is called uh, Time to Feed the Kittens. Don't ask me why I do these things. Yes, this has got notes in it too.
to feed the kitten and here we go with it uh I, this one is completed this one's totally done uh and it's I, I made it a short version too it's called a transformational hologram these are always best to listen to with speakers so when you get to the, when they all come out through the speakers, it's not good. It's better to listen to headphones, I mean, and to listen to them directly because they have different tones that go to different parts of your brain. Through the speakers, they get all at one time, no good.
Right now you must be really spacey, hey? Bring a, drink a glass of water, it'll help you out. You're outside. I'm sorry. Yeah, we. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. You can't get in this way anyway. You have to dial through the pound four nine five. Yeah. Okay, guys. Looks like I'm gonna have to go. Go. Thank you very much for listening to my radio show. I'll be back. All right, take care now. Thank you for listening to Don't Panic, It's Organic. See you next Saturday.